Hey everybody, cruising and music. I mean, two things that absolutely go together. My guy, Eric Church, he always says, things are good and you are on the right track when you can connect a melody with a memory. You can tell me, right? Let's talk. Let's talk to each other. Tell me that there's not a, at least 45 things right now that when you hear a certain song, whether it's from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or beyond, that when you hear a certain song, you're put back and into a, into a time, into a simpler time, and you can smell, you can you can taste, you could touch, you could just feel most of the things that were there, and that's why what we talk about is just, I mean, what music does for us, and I could tell you all different types of music. Someone said to me, uh, "Oh, I don't like that kind of music." Like, there's no such thing as bad music. To me, there's no such thing as bad. Well, that's not true. There's no such thing as a bad genre of music. You know, I have a friend who tells me country music sucks. And my challenge to her would be, okay, if you were in 1950s Appalachia in the middle of a mountain somewhere with a banjo and you had nothing but your family and some moonshine to get by and then someone starts, you know, stomping their feet and kind of like slapping their knee and this is what comes out, that's... That's the music that they invented. The island music, the steel drums, the congas in Africa, the uh, anything. The Beach Boys in L.A. Just any music that you could attach to however anybody came up. And just it just becomes, listen, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking right now. There's, Tommy, there's been drinks. There's been drinks tonight, Tommy. And, and you'd be right. You'd be right by saying that. But what I'm trying to sit here and say to you is that... I uh, I just want to connect a memory with a melody, and that's what I try to do. It, the last one I could think of, you guys know I like to drive back and forth between New York City and Florida. And it's crazy what music does. Aside from connecting a melody with a memory, music can just charge you up. Music went all throughout my athletic career. Music was just behind that. If I'm on a cruise, I talk about pure cruise bliss, how much of an important role music plays in that. And then just driving back and forth from Florida to New York City in any of my 19 moves one way or the other. You know, you'll be driving and you'll be tired and it'll be dusk and it'll be South Carolina and it'll be, you know, should I stop? Should I pull over? Should I pop another bag of sunflower seeds? What should I do? What's the best way? And then I'll come across some town that'll have some local radio station from Georgia, South Carolina, or whatever, and they will be so excited to be playing Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. And I'll turn the volume just a little bit louder, and that'll get me an extra 30, 40, 50 miles. That's what music does. And when you're on a cruise and you have that right drink with that right group of friends, when that sun is in that right position and that right song comes on, Music can change everything. And I want to give a big welcome to the guest this week. And she did. She had a short run on a cruise ship on Oasis of the Seas. But I was lucky enough and my friend John was lucky enough to enjoy her and her band during that, uh, I guess. You know, and like I said, I, was, I didn't go into this cruise a big jazz aficionado. But I've been listening to jazz ever since. I find it to be, for me, I find it to be an amazing, amazing companion 
for trying to get work done. You know, it's not for everybody because if you're really, 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 really into jazz, no, you'll be too excited. But for me, it's just a soothing, comforting backdrop to what my everyday workday is going to be. Yeah, I got to stop talking. I get it. There's definitely been drinks. But without further ado, what I'm going to do is present to you this interview with the lovely, talented, and vivacious Carlea Lene. Enjoy the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce. Thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter in the tears But we just getting started out here, give us a holler If you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited Alright ladies and gentlemen, we are back And as promised, we do have a very special guest today Last October first cruise of the restart i'm back on board i'm excited to get back into cruising and i book a cruise for the oasis of the seas and uh you know it's regular standard seven day cruise had an absolute blast and um i learned something about myself on that cruise i had no idea i was such a jazz fan and today we do have the pleasure of welcoming in carlea linnae who is an entertainer on board the ship welcome carlea how are you today Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Very, very good. So um, I wanted to, you know, I, I don't know. I was walking around the ship, and I think I was probably in the casino. And the Jazz Lounge and the those Oasis ships are out of control. They're very big. There's so many, so much entertainment on board. And uh, I stumbled across the venue that they were doing, the Jazz in, and I walked in, and it was like looked like a really ultra-comfortable room. There were some very, very sweet sounds coming out of it. And then I saw this force of nature in a red dress standing up there with a microphone and absolutely commanding the room. And then it was you. And then there, there it was. So from then on, I was, you know, at least once a night, I was in the jazz lounge. It was awesome. Uh, how often do you get referred to as an old soul? Literally all my life. <laughs> See, I, th- I thought it, and the Tampa Bay Times said it, and I was just wondering. That's something you have to hear a lot, right? I, I hear it pretty much anytime I'm singing jazz. <laughs> Everybody always assumes I'm older than I am, and I, I understand it. I think now I take it as a compliment. Oh, it's definitely a compliment. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you could take it as anything, but, but, um, you know, they also say again, the Tampa Bay Times had to do some research, and uh, I, I, I saw that you were also known, as they put it, very eloquently, the candor in your interpretation and the ambiance of your tone. And to me, that's where it's at. I like music. I'm no expert, but I like music, and I like to, you know, pride myself in being, um, I guess, observational as possible. 
you have more than the required amount of vocal, just general vocal talent, carrying a tune, sounding good, you know, on on note, everything. But for me, it is your tone. Uh, to me, it's something that you can't really teach tone. Is that natural for you or is that something you really worked on? Uh, um, I would say, first of all, thank you. <laughs> Very compliment. Appreciate it. Um, as far as tone, I always like to tell people, I think a lot of it is influenced by who I grew up listening to. I grew up listening to a lot of Anika, Anita Baker, who in turn, she listened to a lot of Sarah Vaughn and things like that. So when it comes to tone, those are the women I kind of subconsciously studied. And I think a lot of that comes out when I sing now. So I, I definitely worked on it, but also it's it's been a long process of getting there. Right, right. Because I was sitting there and I was just like, the, the way it came all across was like you were, you know, you were listening to some sounds. For, and, and again, this is a total compliment, a style that is kind of not as 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 prevalent today as it was back when I was maybe younger and listening to, you know, my parents or grandparents listening to some jazz music and just the way they kind of improvised and the tone and just just the overall sound of it was just it was unique to a certain right. period of time. So uh, uh, amazing, amazing job at that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can you talk to me and the audience a little bit about your love for jazz in general? Because when you're up there, it seems like you're absolutely lost in that moment when you're singing. And uh, is that is that are you as dialed in in the moment as you seem? And, and, and how, how passionate are you about jazz? Um, I would say... I'm definitely as dialed into it as I've seen, sometimes even more dialed into it than I know. Um, when I'm in the moment and I'm singing and I'm really enjoying myself, it can often feel like an out-of-body experience that I may not even remember, you know, once I'm done. Um, jazz in particular, it is improvisational music. So I have a huge appreciation for it because while it's traditional and it comes from this foundation, I'm able to stretch things out and put my own spin on things and my own interpretation of things while still appreciating the true jazz idiom. So it's been something that I've, I decided to study at a very young age and I've just kind of stuck with because I think it's important that we evolve jazz into modern music. Um, and I'm very passionate about bringing jazz to the modern audience and not just sticking it back in the past where everybody kinds of think they think of it as past music. And I, I think today you have a lot of artists bringing it to a modern spin. You, you would be uh, very, very proud of me. And uh, that makes perfect sense. But you would be very proud of me going back to the office and going up into the, uh, you know, the room I work in an office. There's probably three or four other people, coworkers that I work with. And, you know, everybody's always playing some music. But I came off, I came back from that vacation and everybody was like, Tommy, what, what is this? Well, you're jazz now and now you're a jazz expert? You're like, yes, you, you don't know. You don't get it. All right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to teach you guys. You're going to listen to jazz and you're going to like it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, everything you just said, I, I totally, and it's so good to hear you say that you do get lost in that moment because so many performers, you know, when they're playing their own songs that they've been playing for 10, 12, 15, 30 years, that, uh, you know, they, they act like they're into it. There's no way Billy Joel can still love playing Piano Man. And I think he's actually been pretty candid about telling people that he despises it. But when you're watching <laughs> him, you buy it. You buy into it. Uh, right. Go ahead. Don't get 
strong with jazz. I think it could definitely be that way sometimes, but because it's such improvisational music, we always do it differently. I don't think I've ever played any one song the same as before. So it's always new and it's always exciting. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of moments uh, during my, I guess, uh, cruise that you, you kind of c- cracked me up a little bit. First, you know, you, we'll talk. I want to talk about the band in a second, but first, the microphone broke, and uh, <laughs> that mic broke, and it was like I don't know if it happens all the time, but you didn't miss a beat. You just basically put it at your waist and belted out the rest of the song. And I, at that moment, I'm like, okay, this is this is something different here. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that mic did break all the time. And um, I remember, it's funny because, you know, of course, the audience is going to see the really positive aspect of me just playing it off. But oftentimes, after sets, I would be very upset (laughs) that that would keep happening. But I mean, that's what you have to do. You just have to keep going. You don't want to make the audience feel awkward. So I think that's, that's really what musicianship is all about is just going on with the show. So oftentimes in whatever business or whatever thing you're doing, a, a negative, an actual negative, and it's a, it's a run-of-the-mill line, but you can turn a negative into a positive. If that mic didn't broke, you still would have been a great, you know, jazz, you would have been great and very entertaining, but the mic broke and your reaction to it shows that, uh, you know, there's, the, the, you're a pretty special performer. So that was amazing. <laughs> um, the band. So I... I, I came in was kind of captivated by you and your whole style and everything you did first of all the room is very very comfortable relaxing room to be in as well and then i started watching so then i'm sitting there and i'm watching the drummer and uh i'm watching that bass player like and he was front and center and it was funny at one point he he killed a solo and you if you don't mind me asking you what do you say early mid-20s I'm. I'll be 25 in November. Okay, so yeah, and for someone at, at that age to look at the bass who just absolutely wrecked the room and look at him dead in his eye and say, "Oh, you're not about to upstage me," and I was like, <laughs> "I think that's amazing. That this is great." But can you talk to me about that band? Every one of that band just seemed more talented than the next, and then back around again. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny because everyone always assumes that, you know, we know each other and we've been working together for some time. Funny enough, I got called. I, I had never been on a cruise ship before and I got called to get on that ship maybe two weeks before I got on. And I had never met the band before. I did like two weeks of quarantine and I had their phone number. So we were texting each other, texting music ideas to each other, still never speaking. And then we walk into the room after quarantine for the first day of rehearsal. And um, Max and Alex, they knew each other because they're both from Belarus. And then Andre is from L.A. So it was really new. We were all new to each other. Um, but they were amazing. They were able to step in, do whatever I needed, and very um, attentive to my needs as a musician. And at the same time, they challenged me in a lot of ways. So it was um, it was it was a great opportunity for growth, I think, for all of us, while still getting to put our best skills out there. You cer- you certainly did. You certainly did put your best skills out there. I'm just sitting there, and even uh, like you. And the bass guy, you guys are kind of in the middle. Uh, it was clear 
how good both of you are. But then you get you get into it and you watch that drummer for a little while and he's got to really be on his toes, right? He's got to, for the changes yeah. in the beats and the fills and everything like that and going in the direction you guys want to go to. And I noticed the, the training that must be involved because, you know, it, it looks cool when you're starting the song and you count, you're counting everybody off. But is that that's really functional. That's That's important stuff, right? Uh, highly important. I remember, you know, growing up learning jazz, I remember there was a time when I actually didn't count off songs or I might count it off. Like people don't realize sometimes how meticulous music is and how important that is. I might count it off like five, six, seven, eight, because growing up, you know, that's all I heard like on TV or whatever. Right. But you actually must count off a one, two, three, four. So things like that are very important. If I didn't do that, no one would know where to come in. And um, those are the things that, you know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, it must be so easy to do what you do. But those are the little things we all have to study so that we can all be on our toes and be able to follow each other wherever we go. Especially uh, you're talking about Alex on bass. He was very much so a follow me wherever I go person and at any moment he would pick up the tempo and then slow it all the way down so everybody kind of has to be able to follow each other I mean that's that's amazing and and there's a word for those people you say people those are morons the people who say it must be so easy to do what you do Uh, those idiots I mean come on it's it's, okay yes it's very easy sure sounds good I did a little research. I was kind of looking back and seeing what was going on. I, I, I was kind of moved when I saw you mention you did a gig for a gentleman, uh, lady and or gentleman both, uh, wanted you to entertain them while he cooked for her in their apartment. And it was, oh, re- yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to see how present you were in that moment, uh, saying how special of a gesture that must have been and that you were kind of looking forward to when it was going to be your time to be entertained in a manner such as that. Uh, mm-hmm. what a moment both of those must have been, right? Because, I don't know, when someone does bring you into their home, that's a huge compliment. Is it your? Is it Madison Square Garden? No, but it's a huge compliment. Uh, I, can you describe what that was like? Because I could see that being like, absolutely magical or, you know, really awkward if it, <laughs> if it doesn't go right. <laughs> well, so the funny thing is, it, there are some gigs I never post because, you know, they tend to be so private and intimate. I do a lot of weddings. I do a ton of weddings mm-hmm. every year. And that was one of the first times, not that I was just invited in someone's home, but it was just two people. I've maybe done like a dinner party at a home, but it was just this man and his girlfriend having dinner together. And initially, I think I thought it was awkward, but as I did it and I'm seeing how excited she is, she was in shock and he was just really like, look at everything I've done for you. I've got this band for you. They're going to sing our favorite songs. I I remember being kind of teary eyed in that gig. And sometimes that happens. Like when I see first dances and I'm singing at a wedding, I might get a little teary eyed because those are the moments that make it all worth it that make the traveling worth it the late night gigs worth it because sometimes you know when you're doing something for a long time and you you can get worn down it's like man what am i doing right but then I have moments like that that are really really special and i'm like yes it was very much so worth it and they're gonna remember this forever and i get to be a part of it and i'm not even you know the center of it i'm just a driving force to it happening 
Right. A, a, a pretty big force. I mean, definitely. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I was going to do that. I, back, we do weird stuff. You know, bar, nightclub scene, um, you know, manager, bartender, this and that. Long career doing that. And, you know, we, we just it's a different type of lifestyle and we used to have some crazy parties and stuff and we had these small queens apartments and i was going to host one and i was going to do that i wanted to just for like a kind of like a a fun time just hire like a a lounge singer like a tony bennett crooner style singer Mm -hmm. to have him come in and just literally it's an astoria apartment one bedroom you don't even walk up and i was going to have him in a a tux in the corner just singing for us and then i realized you know that probably would have um after the first song or two, I would have just said, just sit down, have some, have a beer, hang out with us. You know what I mean? But and that too. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. It, it definitely happens. I've done, you know, intimate house gigs or even bigger gigs where you sing and oh, especially when people book me, like they might book me for five hours, not even realizing they don't want to hear music for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe after the first two hours, they're like, sit back, relax, have a drink and let's get to know each other and those are really fun intimate moments too that i appreciate because then you get to know people and sometimes i do gigs and i never get to know the people i'm there for that's amazing that's awesome so how did you get up get um get involved with cruising did you you so you said you hadn't been on a cruise ship before that's pretty brave you signed a contract to go on a cruise ship and you'd never (laughs) been at sea for sure it was uh i don't know i remember in the moment like telling my mother I run everything by my mother and she's like what are you thinking (laughs) it was because I had left New York City due to COVID you know the entertainment industry was kind of shot there at that time so I come to Atlanta and I was gigging but really not as much as I was in New York in New York it was like I, I was gigging every day whereas in Atlanta it was like three or four times a week and I was like man you know I would really love to get back to singing every day so I had a friend her name is Terry Davis and I forget what ship she's on now but she's actually on a Royal Caribbean ship right now and she had recommended me for years to her agent and every time he would reach out to me about cruising I would turn it down because I was so busy in New York and I didn't want to you know miss any time So at this time, it's COVID, and I'm like, okay, why not? He's like, okay, you got to be on the ship in two weeks. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've never even been on a ship. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to rush, get all this blood work done to make sure I was a full, healthy, functioning person. And I, I, it didn't feel real because honestly, I, I had never even seen a cruise ship up close. It didn't feel real until I got to Miami and I'm pulling my bags up to the ship. And funny enough, I had had, you know, all these thoughts of what it might be, what it might look like on the inside. And it completely caught me by surprise. And that's when it felt real when I'm walking in and I'm on the elevator and it's a beautiful ship, Oasis of the Seas. Of course, I've never been on any other ships, but it's the most beautiful ship I've ever been on. (laughs) And it it was, um, I was almost like in awe of the whole thing. And that's when it really felt real to me. Well, I'm sure you've heard by now, the Oasis of the Seas is a, is to me, the real, real cruise nerd shit here, but um, the most important ship that is this century, because it is by far, when it came out, it was like that. Only it was the only ship that is basically like that has the two hotels on either side. So where it's like almost like two cruise ships in one. So it's a yes. monster. It's an absolute. It's an absolute city at sea. You you did take full advantage of the whole see the world thing, though, right? Did you uh, enjoy yourself? What are some of your favorite ports of call that you've been to? Oh, a thousand percent. I almost. 
I like to think that that's why I took the gig because I really, really wanted to travel. I love to travel. Um, and I travel a lot even off the ship, but some of my favorite ports, I loved Cozumel. I loved Honduras. Um, Coco K, I never got tired of it, even though we saw it every week. Yeah. <laughs> I love Nassau. Um, it was I, I. It was beautiful. The water was very, very blue everywhere we went. And I grew up in Florida, so I've always thought like, oh, I know what the beach looks like. But now I tell people like, even when I go back home to Florida, I'm like, no, you have not really seen the beach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Different. And uh, yeah, it was. I saw some beautiful things. I met so many people from all over the world. Actually, out of all the crew members, I forget how many there were. I used to know. It was something like in the thousands. Out of all the crew members, I was one of the four black American people. So it was almost kind of like a culture shock in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah. But I made so many friends from all over the world. I learned so much about other cultures and other people. And then I learned about myself. And um, it was it was just eye-opening. I have no regrets whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure everybody on that ship uh, comes from a certain set of values or whatever they come from that, that, that they – kind of i guess live their lives by just by default and you it, it really is probably the best way to understand that you know there's other people and everybody on that ship probably has to open their mind up to a couple of different uh customs that they are not don't don't have the most exposure to right for sure i i remember having a conversation oh i wish i could remember her name but she played trombone in the orchestra and um you know, I'm just talking. Sometimes we forget, like, we have privilege, like, as Americans, you know. And I'm just talking about the things that are bothering me and things that I want done differently. And she's like, look around you. Like, everybody here is coming from, you know, different places. Appreciate this experience, like, for what it is. And understand that this is what it is. Um, because at that time, we didn't have shore leave. So I remember being very angry about that. I'm like, I want to get off this boat now. <laughs> that was that was was that COVID related? Yes, okay. it was because of COVID. We could not get off the boat, and as, especially having never cruised before. In a lot of ways, I was just used to like, I want to get off now. I feel like I'm not free enough to yeah. move about. Um, but you know, there are people who have been working on ships for years, and they understand the dynamic, and they're really appreciative. To, appreciative to be there and I kind of had to check myself in a way and check my privilege and understand that you know this experience is what it is and I am blessed to be here a hundred percent it's hundred percent so that kind of perfectly leads into this next question on cruise ships you know even though you do happen to be on the biggest ship in the world uh mm -hmm. space is always at a premium you know you're on a <laughs> ship and you're but I guess, was were there challenges in that maybe, I guess, say I'm looking for some dirt here, maybe relationship-wise? Uh, <laughs> did, did you ever have to put anybody in check, you know, like, I guess, like reality show style? <laughs> um, I had, I was luckily in a cabin by myself. Um, I definitely think, <laughs> I'm sure if you ask the cruise director and even the onshore people, they would say, I... Uh, I was a squeaky wheel. Please. I always let my opinions be known about things that bothered me. But I can say everyone always did their best to accommodate me. So I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I know that sometimes I can be a little bit, um, 
oh, what's the right word? Spoiled. Yeah. So um, that's why I say I had to check myself in some ways. There was definitely a lot of I want, I need, I want. And, um, you know, I appreciate the people that did accommodate me. Listen, I hate to say it. Everybody's got their roles in life. And if you can sing and perform like that, if there's some, there's something wrong if you're not a diva, please. That would have, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Cruise Insiders hear so much about ship life and the wild parties um, on the surface. I know you like to have fun and, you know, you're out there, you're living your best life, you're enjoying the ports and everything. But did you enter into that world of kind of over-the-top partying where you were like a couple of times, whoa, whoa, getting a little caught up here, a little out of control? Um, You know what? I have always been the type of person, I'm very settled. All my siblings are twice my age. So, you know, when people say, oh, you have an old soul, I've always been very settled, very introverted. And even when I went to college, I was not a go out kind of person. When I went into this experience, I really wanted to have a good time. And I did exactly that. (laughs) There were definitely nights where I was like, man, maybe I drank too much. (laughs) Um, But I always had a great time. I always did my job. And uh, again, no regrets. Uh, as soon as I got home, I can say I have really not had a drink since I got off the ship in December. <laughs> <laughs> little de- little detox? Oh, absolutely. But it it was a great time. We definitely had crazy parties, fun parties, parties like I've never experienced before, but never anything, you know, horrible. I don't think anybody needs uh, therapy or anything like that. It's just a really good time. You're really getting paid in a lot of ways, you know, to work, but also you're there to have fun. Like this is a fun job. I was singing maybe three to four hours a day with the rest of the day to work on music and then do what else, whatever else I wanted to do. So yeah, I definitely had fun. Uh, how long were you on for total? Um, I think my contract was originally supposed to be like four months, and then I did an extension for six months, and I tried to extend even longer, uh, but they wanted to take me off of Oasis, which I honestly wasn't willing to do. Really? So okay. I didn't go past the six months. They wanted to put you on a different ship? Yes. I forget which ship it was, but if I'm being honest, I had gotten really attached to the people I was around. And the experience I was having, and I was like, if I if I can't continue the experience in the way I've been doing it, I'm not sure I want to dive into going to another ship and then getting into a pattern of hopping ship to ship. I think I would definitely do it again, but I needed sort of like a detox. Being on the water all the time is a very different lifestyle. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, all right. So we talk on this show about what I like to call, I coined the term PCB. It stands for Pure Cruise Bliss. It's like Mm -hmm. real cruise nerd stuff, but it's almost like when those moments of absolute like perfection, you're already having a great time on your vacation, enjoying yourself along the whole way, but then you have these couple of identifiable moments within the vacation where you're like, oh yeah, this this is where, this is why I do this, this is why I'm here. In this moment, everything in the world is right. I wanted to see if you could maybe think back and tell me the times when you were most content and I don't I don't want you to I want to I want to rule out when you were off the ship and I want to rule out when you're in the jazz lounge <laughs> what are some of the most content times that you enjoyed while you were on the ship being a part of ship life in general 
Um, I would say, okay, first one would be my 24th birthday. I ended up having my birthday on the ship and I thought that I was going to be disappointed because at that time I don't think I had shore leave either. So I'm like, I'm stuck on the boat. But again, we had great parties and everybody really made sure I had a great night. And honestly, that was probably one of my best birthdays ever. It was the most free I've ever been, the most comfortable I've ever been in my own skin. And I really had a lot of fun. Um, another time I would say is when a gentleman approached me, I would always try to like hide when I was sitting around the ship, like in sunglasses or something. And I would never wear makeup. So no one ever knew who I was, but there was one man who it was very odd. He kind of sat and watched me and then he came and approached me and I didn't know what he wanted. It turns out he wanted me to sing for a proposal and he somehow got them to give him the entire theater just to him and the woman he was proposing to. And I sung them a song and I remember feeling like, wow, this is like why I'm doing this. I'm singing to an empty theater, but it it was, it was just a very special moment with a spotlight, just him and her. And um, that meant a lot to me. Another one. Oh man, you said I can't do jazz on four. Go ahead. Go ahead. Cheat. (laughs) Okay. There was one kid who his family was cruising that week. He was like 13 years old and he would come and sit in jazz on four every day that week for all three to four sets. And I remember maybe two or three days in, I was like, Kate, are you okay? Do you have any friends? Are you lonely? <laughs> because yeah, why? Just checking in on him. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he was just like, no, I just love jazz. I'm like, do you play? He's like, no, I just like what you do. And I was like, wow, now I want to do really good every night just for you. <laughs> um, and he came every single night and sat through every single show. So that was another moment where I was like, okay, this is worth being here. Right, because it's like synergistic. Like you're, he's fueling you, you're fueling him, and, and that's awesome. Just like me. Like I'm, I'm shoving jazz down everybody's throat at work now, and that's because of you. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, just got two more. I know we were going over a little bit. I'm having some fun here, but I'll, I'll – couple more so when you um you know i'm i can't imagine the amount of venues that you've you know from people's living rooms to the largest cruise ship in the world what would you say can you point to a gig that was the most extravagant where you had i guess maybe maybe it's the biggest audience whereas like maybe you're like in that moment you're like hold on a second i I think i think i made it oh i sure can um my first gig well see i don't even know if it counts. It started out as my gig and then it became someone else's. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Jazz at Lincoln Center in Columbus Circle in New York. I've been to Lincoln they Center, have, not Jazz though. Okay. Well, they have at Jazz at Lincoln Center specifically, they have different theaters, like different venues within Jazz at Lincoln Center. And basically, they had put me in the hallway to sing. Um, not And not really the hallway. It's called the atrium, but it was like the hallway between two venues. <laughs> So I'm singing and I'm just happy to be there. And then someone comes out. His name was Satchel Vasadani. And if I'm being honest, at first I thought he was trying to hit on me. Like he was talking to me. And I'm like, why are you talking to me? I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> until the pianist I had at the time was like, he's playing in the theater, like right there. And I'm like, oh, wow. Hi. Oops. How can I help you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Satchel was like, um, will you come and sing with me? And I was like, "Oh my God, come and sing with you." He had this all-star band. So he was hitting. So he was hitting on you. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> he really wasn't. He really was just inviting me to sing. And um, I, I saw who was in his band and I'm like, oh my God. And it was probably at that time, the biggest venue I had been in, in New York City. Um, so in the videos on YouTube, uh, we're singing the Christmas song. And I just remember feeling like I had made it. I, if you do see the video behind me, it's all glass and you can see the whole city. And the audience is so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. That's awesome. What a journey. And it's so early. You're just getting started, aren't you? I, you know, everybody says that sometimes it feels like it's been really long. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> but I yeah. guess, yes, I'm just getting started. Definitely. So where does this go? What's next? What's, where do you want to see this year? I guess in your mind, your dreams, you've mapped it all out. Where do you see yourself eventually? What, what's it going to be? Um, I would really, really, really like to release an album doing traditional jazz the way people, you know, think of it. And then my hope is like sometime down the line to evolve my sound and really evolve with a band and take a more modern jazz feel and release music that way. Um, I've never been focused on, you know, being the most known or the most famous or anything like that. I've, I do just appreciate making music that some people enjoy. I do know jazz isn't for everybody, but the people that it is for and the people that do love it really make it worth it. That's amazing. I could, I could tell you, like, I'm not, again, not putting myself in a position of a, of a, <laughs> a real talent evaluator, but doing what I do and managing restaurants and bars and stuff like that in New York City. And, you know, you, everybody who, I, who works with me or works for me is either an actor or a singer or Broadway or anything like that. And through the years, you know, it's such a, f there are so few, but for me, when I watched you, I was like, that, that person has it. End of story, period. It's just a matter of time. And for me, it's also like, it's such a de brave decision. You're choosing knowing full well a genre of music that's not necessarily the most mainstream. Now, yeah, you just spoke about maybe incorporating a little bit of more modernness to it. It's not pop music, but you're just, right. it's really, really refreshing to see you being so good at what you do and so content to just do that because it's what you love. And it's just, uh, it's a pleasure. And anybody who gets a chance to see you do that on stage is, is, is better for having done so. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that because, you know, it is. Uh, you know, sometimes you like people say things like, oh, jazz is dead, things like that. But I honestly believe I'm operating when I sing jazz, I'm operating in what I'm supposed to do, what's innate to me. It, if I do other genres of music, not saying I can't sing them, but I just don't feel as fulfilled. So there's something very fulfilling about it for me. And I think that fulfills other people as well. Right, and I did not mean to say or infer jazz is dead in any way. Think about jazz. Think about, yeah, do you hear, I mean, think about Beethoven, Mozart. You don't hear them on the radio. They're not on your uh, top top five countdown at night, but that is music that will be etched forever. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to know who the Hanson brothers are in, 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 in 150 years. But, you know, jazz, classic, music like that that stands the test of time, that's what, uh -huh. you're, that's what you're involved in. So that's anything but dead. Yes, I agree. I agree. Where where can people find you if they want to uh, get more into the Carlea Linnae 
world where can they find you youtube instagram yes so youtube k-a-r-l-e-a-l-y-n-n-e instagram is the same thing my website k-a-r-l-e-a-l-y-n-n-e.com um and even on my instagram i've recently been releasing some more of the modern side of things um on soundcloud which you can find through my insta so yeah it's it's just my name and it's the same all across the board okay one more i'm sneaking one more in is that cool yeah that's okay. cool that's great <laughs> what do you listen to what do you go you going after after a gig after you're working out after a day at the beach you're gonna get ready after the shower what are you turning on Oh my. Ooh, you know what's funny? <laughs> it's probably not what people would expect, but I love and have always super duper loved Michael Jackson. Okay. And I probably play his repertoire more than anything. Um, and then if I want to mellow out, it's always Sarah Vaughn, it's always Anita Baker. Uh, most recently, it's been a lot of Mariah Carey. I like all kinds of music. I'm a musician, so I can be a little eclectic. Across the board. Awesome, awesome. You said Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey. Nobody's going to be surprised at that. Those are those are some heavyweights in the, in the game. Right. So Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Carlia, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I had a blast, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the high seas again soon. Thank you so much. I've had a great talk. Thank you, Tommy, for having me. Of course. Shut